0: Welcome to Bob Cargill's Marketing Show, a ridiculously awesome podcast bursting with insightful commentaries and intriguing conversations on the topics and issues that are on the minds of marketers, advertisers, social media, and PR professionals today. Hey everybody, this is Bob Cargill and you are listening to Bob Cargill's Marketing Show and I am coming to you from my home office my world headquarters, if you will, here in Sudbury, Massachusetts, my, my home studio, and I have a very special guest with me today. She happens to be my neighbor, and she happens to also be a marketer. So we have two big things in common. We see each other outside, maybe occasionally walking our dogs or, or jogging. I think we have that in common, too. And and I'm going to introduce her to you. Her name is Sarah Ganand.
1: Hello, everybody. Great to
0: be here. Yeah, I'm so psyched, Sarah. It's about, I I said to you when I asked you, when I saw you, I think I was running with my dog, Lucy, and you were walking your dog the other day. And I said, How come I haven't asked you to be a guest on my podcast? And so long, long overdue. My bad for not asking you sooner.
1: No problem. And, Happy and to be here now.
0: I am so psyched. And, and literally, you're, you're stone throw away when I my, sit in my yard in the, in the summer in my lounge chair and and, and and enjoy a nice summer evening. I often see you guys almost doing the same thing across the street.
1: Absolutely. And it's funny to me that, you know, for twenty years I've lived here, didn't know what you did either till about five years ago. So it's Isn't great that to funny? know. Yep.
0: You know, that's that is a lesson which we'll probably talk about at some point in, in networking and, and you never know who is in the same business where you're gonna get business, where you're gonna partner, or at the very least be, be friends. So so don't be shy. I don't, and I don't think either of us are, but for some reason we just never talk sure. too much. <laughs> Anyway, Sarah, Sarah Ganan, tell anybody who's everybody, I should say, not just anybody, you, uh, everybody who was listening to Bob Cargill's Marketing Show, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your background.
1: Sure. So, I have been in marketing my whole career. Uh, I spent about 20 years working in a consulting environment, uh, working my way up from an entry level marketing position up to running the whole marketing department for about a 300 person consulting firm. Uh, and I was there for about 20 years. I, the last few years, I had the opportunity to be the chief of administration, overseeing all these different administrative departments. And the best part about that was I learned that wasn't the job for me. And I love marketing. And so decided to go out on my own. So just about five years ago, I uh, went out on my own and decided I'm going to focus on marketing. I'm going to focus on the strategic aspects of marketing. Uh, And I jumped right in. So since then, I've been working with a number of different small businesses, helping them figure out how to market themselves. And I've loved it really
0: enjoyable that that is an awesome story sarah and so it's like you left the corporate world to to be on your own and 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 bootstrapped if you will starting up your own business and and five years later you're it's smooth sailing you're pretty you told me earlier you're very busy
1: I am very busy. I I would never say it's smooth sailing Ah. when you're running your own business, however. That's a relative term. Exactly. (laughs) It's uh, gathering momentum, which is great, and uh, it's really nice to get the word out there about who you are and what you do. And I'm a big believer that it takes a while to really sort of establish yourself and get the word out and work on that referral network and that relationship building. That's what's going to help me personally. I, I totally,
0: businesses. I totally agree with you. I'm I'm about halfway in in terms of years being on my own. Two and a half years in. I left the corporate world and and the advantage. Uh, I, I one advantage I have is I have done this before. Seven uh, for seven years in the nineties. Um, I had my own business so I'm trying to replicate what I did then pre-internet almost yeah. now with social media and digital marketing and public speaking and teaching and I'm loving it and and yeah I, I don't know why I said smooth sailing but but smooth sailing relative to when we first start those early days Um, for me one client is leading to another the referral uh, piece is so important relationships getting out there networking Absolutely. Don't don't you agree in terms of networking, it's one of the uh, probably undervalued, underestimated.
1: It has been the number one driver of my business is networking and getting out there and people. The networking piece is so valuable and you don't know how somebody can help you or you can help them, and it may not be that you can engage right away in something, but it's great to have that network because you can draw on it when you need you know, different aspects. I am much more of the strategy side of marketing. I am not necessarily a doer. I'm not the one out there doing the social media, like you, Bob. Yes, but, yes, we complement uh, each other. Exactly, but that's who I need to know. I need to know the doers because I'm gonna work on that big picture strategy and get you into a marketing plan and help you figure out how to implement it. But I don't do website design. I don't do the social media side of things. But I know, you know, how to get to the point where you know you need it and figure out the strategy to reach your target market. So it's a great relationship for Bob.
0: yeah. The, the Sarah Bob uh, agency. Um, and, and in a way, we have started taking a step in that direction. I mean, we're we're separate businesses, but you referred something to me this, this past summer. And I did do some work with a client you referred me to. And I thank you for oh, that. absolutely. And, and, and I love, I am the hands-on guy. I've, I've been a copywriter, creative director, and, and social media director, and have had many other similar titles in, in 30 I'm embarrassed to admit how long it's been—35 years or so—in the corporate world in the last couple um, on my own um, since 1983. Wow, going way, way, way back. All
1: right. Good for you, Bob. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I've been the hands-on guy, the writer, content creator, and I still love it. And and yeah, it's a young people's business, but at the same time, I think those of us who have experience. We combine marketing principles, strategy, like you were saying, with with the technology that's available to us today. All that said, I don't think there's ever been a better time, at least in my lifetime, to be in marketing, it's very exciting.
1: Oh, I think so too, and I'll say, you know, I've had a few years of experience as well, Uh, and what I think it gives you is a very useful perspective because you also kind of figure out what to sweat. Do you sweat the small yeah, stuff? Yep. Do you worry about, you know, encroachment of competition, things like that? It, it just gives you a really good perspective to be able to say, okay, let's worry about this. This is your big I totally picture agree. issue. Let's not worry about this right now because it's not going to be a driver of your, your business. So this kind of
0: thing. this is a tangential analogy, which I, I often do. I, I digress. Um, it's concentration. And I've been to a few... Um, golf uh, tournaments pro golf tournaments and if you watch those golfers you talk about concentration they don't get um sidetracked or 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 annoyed Uh, they may get annoyed but they they don't get distracted by any cat you know any anyone yelling at them from the um the peanut gallery from from the fans they they don't even look at you really they're just watching um what they're doing i don't think they're even looking at the competition who they're playing golf against they're just focused on, you know, getting their, their, their birdies in their pars and, and, and they're probably hoping for holes in one, of course, but they're focused, total concentration. And so when you say we, we learn what to sweat, um, it, you know, which details do we focus on? For me, it's the deliverable, um, it's the quality of the work, making sure it's high quality, making sure it's on time and, and ideally that it does, you know, gets good results for the client. Um, what do you think in terms of um, what you uh, do sweat is the biggest focus for you? You said you do strategy. Where, where, where is your area of concentration where you would probably spend the most time on behalf of a client?
1: So that's a great question. So what I do with my clients is back up a step. Lots of times people, clients come in and say, I need help with social media right now. I have to get my word out there. I've gotta do my website. I've gotta get, you know, I'm not on social media enough. What I try to do is take a step back and say, okay, let's uh, spend just a little bit of time talking about who you are as a business. That's really important. What do you offer? What sets you apart? And then I work with them to identify, okay, this is what sets you apart. Who's your target market? Let's get into like creating a persona. We really wanna get into, is it male or female? How old is this person? And what I try to do is say, just give me one customer. You know, somebody that comes in the door, let's describe them because that's gonna help us figure out Okay, that's a t- one of your target markets. How can we get to them best and put a strategy together? Is it social media? Is it Instagram? Is it Facebook? Is it Twitter? You know, is it LinkedIn? Are we B2B or are we B2C? Um, but kind of hone in on a strategy for the best way to reach that target market and put a plan together around it. I'm also a huge believer in try something, see if it works. If it doesn't, let's sort of pivot and do something else. We want to sort of figure this out. To me, that's the beauty of the world of social media is you try something, if you get some great responses, fantastic, keep going with that. If it doesn't really get many responses okay let's do something else everything is so visual right now too i really try to get my clients to take as many pictures of their products of their services of working with people that they can uh to be able to promote that as well you,
0: you, you, that was a perfect um that was multiple sound bites and and one there sarah there, there was so much you just said um you mentioned visual content yes that is what people are looking for um attention spans aren't what they used to be and there's so much content and in accounts and people and brands competing for the consumer's attention um, so you you do have to put a lot out there and visual content is important you noticed when you you came over here to my Quote uh, home studio. I, I we took some pictures right away because that's how I'm going to promote this podcast and that's content. And it sounds like you and I do something similar for our clients. You're probably again more the person who who creates that blueprint, and then I go and take those pictures and write a little text underneath the pictures. And 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 as you said, you also mentioned testing. Um, I've been in direct marketing. You know, that's that's my uh, trade um, for all these years, and results have always been uh, key. So I'm the creative guy, but again my success gets measured on in the past it was how many letters get opened and 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 order forms get returned or but now it's how many people click on links how many people like or share uh how many people download uh, an ebook or or a white paper and ultimately how many people uh, buy um from from my clients so there's so much that goes on in marketing not everybody realizes how many different hats literally we 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 i'm wearing a hat that's you, you can't see that i said literally i was pointing to the hat on my head um but metaphorically how many hats we wear there's the analytics There's the creative there's the strategy there's the account service servicing clients so so actually let's let's talk about that a little bit um client service what? how do you handle that if you're only one person, meaning you're, you're like me, we're juggling a lot of different projects, there are meetings involved, there are phone calls, how, what, what's your typical client service uh, protocol, if you will?
1: So I completely agree, clients the key to keeping repeat business going, but keeping a relationship going as well. So as you say, very, you know, especially with solo entrepreneurs, uh, you know, small business owners, there's only so much time in the day, but you really need to prioritize those phone calls, those touches with your clients to let them know, hey, is everything going the way you want it to? Do we have a meeting coming up? I do a lot of uh, meeting with my clients and then documenting it. So I'll send them off a quick email that said, hey, this is what we talked about. Here's what our next steps are going to be here's when we're going to meet next. So it's very transparent so that we know exactly what's happening, especially if you have multiple people involved, which I do a lot of the time with my clients. Um, I do a lot of work with the city of Boston. And so what happens with that is the city... Um, sort of intakes uh, any businesses that are located within the confines of the city uh, and if they need some assistance of some kind they have a bench of contractors that they can go to i'm one of the ones related you know involved in the marketing Uh, Aspect. So they kind of do all that intake questionnaire, but then it's my job to sort of deliver what they're looking for. Are they looking for a marketing plan? Do they need sort of more focus on who their target market is? Um, But when we have situations like that, I have a lot of constituents to keep in the loop. So I need to make sure we're all clear on where we're going, what we've been doing, and how we're gonna get to that next step and get to our final deliverable that we're looking for.
0: It's it's funny, Sarah. Um, again, we we've, we've talked for minutes at a time, but never at, at this length. And and if I, if I was a uh, potential client based on what I'm hearing, I, I'd hire you in a second. Well,
1: all right, <laughs> let's get that contract signed, Bob. That's great. And,
0: and I need to uh, probably bring you in on some of my uh, my pitches um, because seriously, I think you know it, when I worked in the agency world, I did do a ton of new business presentations, but it was as a team. And again, I, I collaborated on strategy with someone like yourself. Um, they'd have me present all the ideas and maybe be the, the sizzle, if you will, on, on the steak. But, but you're definitely the steak <laughs> when it comes to presenting. That's my little
1: soundbite. <laughs> you're the steak. I'm going to keep that. Yeah. <laughs> no, straight. I'm
0: serious. Because, um, you know, again, we complement each other. And when I worked in the agency world, it would be a team. And that is a challenge for people on their own. Uh, finding resources partners collaborating it's not unusual so we both say we're on our own but uh, we both I'm sure you have, like I have worked with other people, like like we're, we've done tad, or maybe not work together, but we, we've talked about working together. It, it happens. It's necessary. How do you find your partners? How do you present if you work with partners to your clients? How does that work?
1: Yeah, so that networking that we talked about is just as important to be finding clients as it is to be finding partners. So for me, uh, personally, I don't have graphic design skills of any kind. I know what I like. <laughs> I know what looks good to me. Uh, but I don't have any of that skill set. So I'm constantly looking for graphic designers, people who have both graphic design capability, web design capability. So I go out to networking events. There's a number of different um, networks that I go to in the hopes that I'm gonna meet people who do either complimentary things or are potential clients too. So I, it's kind of a twofold fold uh, networking approach and keep those relationships up and try to make sure you, know, you like what that person does, you like how they work you know because you really want to be that complementary uh kind of team especially if you are presenting to a client who needs both skill sets
0: see so many people think networking is just for looking for a job and and you know i'm president ama boston i used to be president nedma new england direct marketing association and, and the american marketing association now um boston chapter and we have a lot of networking events and i usually do an announcement in the middle of our networking event where i say guys everybody hand each other your business cards hire each other but also look for partners look for um people you can collaborate with and and stay current so there's so many reasons for networking and i'm telling you the majority of the people i meet you know they only come to networking events thinking it's it's just to look for a job and that's actually just one of so many reasons to be out there networking because you will meet people who know something you don't you will talk to people like we're talking right now and and learn something and stay current and and just being able to articulate yourself on a podcast or or in person that is an important skill because so many times in business we we are called upon to articulate what we do and those who aren't used to it it they they stumble and fumble and and fall down metaphorically speaking
1: i'll tell you a funny story so uh when i went to college i chose my classes specifically based on was there a presentation involved and i wanted nothing to do with it i walked away from every class that had a presentation fast forward 10 years I go to business school. I go to Babson part time, get my MBA. What do we do the whole time I'm there? Present. Of there course. is a way it, you know, it just sort of get beaten into you that you need to know how to present. Yes. And if you realize you're in the world of business, and especially if you want to do something on your own, you're gonna to have to be able to communicate you know, any ideas that you have in a way that people can understand and to me okay that was part of my evolution i came from one place but now i've come to a place where i am comfortable doing it i am more confident in what i offer clearly sarah (laughs) yeah but also you know i really want to make sure that i offer my clients something that's valuable so i just don't want to just be part of the you know the riff-raff out there i want to offer them something that they're looking for otherwise value. it's not worth it exactly
0: and in communication skills is how you articulate that value that's part of the the salesmanship um not the showmanship you know it's it, it sales and and being real succinct and articulate and, and commanding in your presence and and your your story about going to grad school my story is similar just many more years ago um, but I took toastmasters a public speaking um, program Group back in the early 90s for about five years that changed my life. I've, I've done videos on that I've talked about it, and I was very similar. I, I had avoided public speaking opportunities I, I will say I had a public speaking course in college as well that that started the the metamorphosis the evolution and then Toastmasters capped it off and and I always tell people having communication skills writing verbally one-on-one like this me and you today, but especially in front of groups that's gonna separate you from the competition. Uh, I'm teaching right now and I tell my students that and I tell them we're gonna have like you did at Babson, which is an awesome school. Um, You know, I tell my my students, you know, communication skills in public, you know, now's the time to, to, uh, confront your fear if there is that fear, because it's going to pay off in, in your future.
1: Absolutely. And if you can think of it, you hear this all the time, but think about your audience. What is going to resonate well with them? Because sometimes you can have a great pitch, you can be, have a great message, but it may fall flat if you're not thinking about who it is you're speaking to. So that is really important to put yourself in the audience's shoes
0: that also as a copywriter as a content creator my whole life i've i've said something similar to what you just said i i feel i'm a part salesperson but behind the scenes so i'm not the person who picks up the phone and calls people or necessarily goes to the meeting and closes the deals but i arm my my clients or or provide the the creative product for my clients that does sell those products and services. So if I was writing a brochure or, or a tweet or a blog post or, or, or what have you, the always the goal is to convince the person on the opposite end to receive that product favorably and, and ideally do business with, with whoever it is I'm representing. I mean, that marketing is sales. I mean, there's it, it certainly a close um, affinity, not, not even a question.
1: Absolutely, and you can kind of get pigeonholed into your particular role in marketing or sales, but I have to say, this whole concept and and experience that I've had running my own business, you become your own seller as well as doer, and it's actually incredibly valuable, I think, for the clients.
0: Sarah, those of us who have this kind of experience, so this is what, in the 90s when I had my own business, when I got out of that and into the corporate world, I felt, and, and I, I think the results absolutely were, that it was much more valuable because I was able to wear many, many hats. So it was like a one-person creative team, and and businesses need to realize that, that these people who want to step away and do something on their own, or who do it on the side, or who have done it in the past, they have a multitude of skills, and they're, they're not one-trick ponies. And, and, we i think are are stronger and and better for having been on our own and and yeah i'm biased but but um we we only know because we've had that experience and and i i do want anyone listening and i tell everybody wherever i go these people who are entrepreneurs even if they're employees and want to wear different hats encourage that because you want people to have multiple skills especially in this day and age
1: absolutely and this whole advent of the gig economy yes. people doing things on the side I think is great yes because it gives you focus it gives you different experiences and I think that that's sort of more accepted these days more common that oh yeah I have a side hustle I got something else going on over here and here's my regular job and here's my nine-to-five. It's extremely
0: common you know, yes. gig economy um, multitasking um you know adults going to school you know later on in life i mean there's so many different things going on right now it's 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 the world has changed amazingly um fast in, 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 in a multitude of ways and in the last 15 20 years a lot of it because of technology but There's many other factors. Um, I want to segue, if you will, to we talked before I turned on the microphone to um, the idea of giving back. And and I don't know if it's cause related marketing or purpose driven marketing or whatever we want to call it, but, but, but trying to do um, good while while doing well, if you will. Is the, Any examples you can uh, provide?
1: Absolutely. I feel really strongly about giving back. It's important to me, just moving forward in my career, uh, I want to make sure what I'm doing is helping. And it doesn't necessarily need to be a paid, you know, kind of engagement. Uh, so what I do is I do a lot of work with the City of Boston, and these are businesses that i end up working with typically in socioeconomically disadvantaged areas so these are areas that don't necessarily have a lot of income coming in or support Uh, and so i have ended up working with many many businesses in dorchester and mattapan and uh Roslindale, lots of different areas and the best part about it, from my perspective, is I feel like I'm making a difference. I am helping these businesses get to the next thing. Most of them are trying to grow. Some of them are starting up, which is fantastic. Every business owner I've worked with is all in. They are committed, passionate about what they do, and we partner together to help grow their business. So what I do in the end is I do the work that I am you know, um, Uh, engaged to do with the city. But I always keep in touch with them. I always give them additional uh, work because I know that they're, you know, they need it. And it's uh, something they probably couldn't afford most of the time. So I like to give back in that way. So that's one piece of what I do. Um, I feel really strongly uh, about my Babson, excuse me, education. It was a game changer for me. Uh, So what I do is I volunteer uh, back at Babson. There's a a program called Babson Alumni Supporting Entrepreneurs. So any Babson student or alumni who is starting up a business can come a couple different times a year And I'm one of the volunteers that um, they come in and bring their business problem and all the folks sitting around the table we give advice and so many of these are seasoned professionals who are in many different industries um, who can help out these businesses that are trying to figure out what to do for the next step so to me that's incredibly valuable you keep connected to these Babson alums who are um, you know really trying to set up businesses and uh, it's one of the things that I enjoy.
0: You're changing people's lives Sarah and you're helping small businesses grow and, and and that's awesome and what I have seen in in similar ways is these small business people they don't have time to to market and they might not have the skills or the the knowledge Yet that's the differentiator in terms of, in many cases, in terms of success or or failure. So um, it's so important. I mean, it, it's akin to you know, um, in some way, um, you know, helping those uh, who you know who, who might not be able to succeed on their own. So you're 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 helping them earn a living. You're you're helping them. Uh, start their, their future in the business world, so you are to be commended for that.
1: Thank you very much. I love going back to visit the businesses uh, and see how they're doing. I had an Italian cafe uh, in Dorchester that was um, really trying to grow. He was just making covering costs and really wanted to make some profit to be able to buy some new equipment uh, and he's doing great. He offers special nights now. He's an um, Italian uh, by birth and so he does Cooking with Nino now. Uh, and, that's all him, sorts, and that's him, yeah. Nino. That's him, Nino. and uh, he brings in opera singers that uh, you know wow. sing in Italian and they have a lovely dinner, uh, and he's figured out you know, things like See, have people prepay so that he knows people will actually yeah. show up. I mean he has some great See great that's
0: strategies. marketing. It's all those little extras. Marketing is the value. Marketing is demonstrating the value, illustrating the value proving the value. It's not just, you could have the greatest product or service in the world, um, but if you build it, they won't necessarily come. You have to attract them and, and provide a, a, in today's world, an extraordinary customer experience because the uh, competition is, is fierce out there. I mean, there's there's very few. We want to be the one who does something or provides something that no one else does or has, but that's not easy in this day and age. There's always competition so how do we separate ourselves my feeling I tell my clients is by marketing by those little extras Um, back to my sizzle and steak analogy Um, literally he he wasn't selling serving steak was he but (laughs) but but let's say he's serving steak but it's often that sizzle it's often the side dishes or the ambiance or or the music at the same time that that while people are eating their steak that makes a difference in my Am I right? (laughs) Absolutely.
1: And it is. It's what's that thing or things that set you apart from everybody else. And you're also competing against not just, you know, competitors who offer exactly what you do. You're competing for the dollar. You know, we all have choices these days about how to spend our extra money or not. And so you need to make that compelling argument that your choice is the one you want them to, that they need, that they can get some value out of
0: yes um, so so really interesting uh, discussion there around um, you know helping the small business and, and, and giving back and and also the value of, of marketing I'm gonna shift gears again I want to talk about external not not me and you meaning um, let's talk about others meaning who who or, or what inspires you in the marketing field are there any brands are there any people? Are there any blogs, podcasts, uh, etc. that 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 give you uh, that 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 extra nudge that perhaps we we all need every oh, once yeah, in a while?
1: Absolutely. So there's a podcast that I am addicted to, and it's uh, how this, I besides Built this. this one besides this one absolutely <laughs> it's called How I Built This with Guy Raz, and it's on NPR. And Guy Raz interviews all of these business owners and they could be a startup, they could be mid you know, life of the company, it could be after they sold a company and it's just so interesting. And occasionally I'll think to myself, well, I don't know if this one will be that interesting. I get something from every one of them, how they built it, what they did, what decisions they made, how dark it was when they thought the business wasn't gonna succeed. And then you hear about how you know great the success has been or they've sold it off, you know, to somewhere out, to some other large company and made a lot of money. Um, or ones that didn't. And they said, you know what? This wasn't it. It wasn't the right time. wasn't Didn't have a, make a compelling argument. Um, so I absolutely, I really enjoyed Guy it.
0: Guy Raz yeah. needs to have you on as his <laughs> next guest.
1: That would be fun. It would be great. But Tell um,
0: him to listen to this podcast. Yeah, exactly. and, and he'll say, geez, Bob Cargill uh, scooped me. He got ganin <laughs> before I did.
1: <laughs> that was great. Uh, then you asked about brands. So, you know, I'll go to one that is um, sort of old school, very tried and true, but I, I truly think they have done the right thing. L.L. L. Bean. L.L. Bean stands behind what they sell. Now, there was a little controversy for a while there. They used to guarantee products for life. You could return it 40 years after you bought a pair of boots. And so they had to um, kind of pull it back, which I understand they are a business, uh, and made it, I think, a year um, now. But every one of their products, they stand behind, incredibly good quality. They don't try to be what they're not. Two, they're very clear, you know, be outside, be yep. an outsider. Yep. You know, yep. that's their their whole motto. Um, and I think they've done a great job. They are very clear in their marketing. They are clear in their niche. Uh, and they're very focused on customer service. I call up, and just from my phone number alone, they know everything I have purchased. So I think to myself, oh, Bean's been around for a long time. They probably don't have a lot of technology Oh, I am so wrong. Think again, yeah. They know everything about you and they understand and they'll be very clear, you know, with what they can and can't do, too. And I I appreciate that very much.
0: So there's an old school brand that has obviously evolved with the times. I went to school for a year and a half up in Maine before I transferred to UMass Amherst and, and thrived, I, I, but I, I went to Bates College for a year and a half, loved the school, just a little too small and remote for me, so I transferred down to UMass, which was like a city mm-hmm. unto itself, and, and that was more my, my type of school, but when I was at Bates, um so i'm making a short story long when i was at bates i went to ll bean in in person that was like a thing to go like at midnight or something and i had those boots the famous that's the only pair of L. 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 Bean boots i ever had but but i know the brand very well because of that experience have never forgotten them continue to see them and to think that they not only have survived but thrive through all this change that says a lot for them and and i agree with you i mean because you think of it as kind of a old-fashioned, uh, stodgy—I don't know what the words are—brand, but but not even a question. They are renowned for their customer service, the quality of their products, and and continue to prosper. I assume.
1: Absolutely.
0: I see that that boot drives around every right. once in a while too. I think I saw it at Faneuil Hall. So there's modern marketing, yeah. Right. Little sizzle.
1: Exactly. <laughs> they do some pop-up stores. We saw one at uh, UNH where the yes. sun goes a little pop-up and uh you know you can get this great l bean merchandise right there on the lawn <laughs>
0: that is cool and i think i feel like i've seen them on social media with some uh, different type ads like yeah. like people in a canoe and mm-hmm. that what you said the out live outside being or something. outside, being outside uh, yeah whatever their can't campaign is so mm-hmm. they're definitely doing something right i totally agree um what do you think of the, the more modern brands uh or or like a uh, huge uh iconic uh um, company like Amazon, how how it's disrupted. So so actually, uh, how how uh, uh, ironic I bring them up because I would imagine, Ella being. There's a little bit of competition. Um, I don't. I wouldn't think you can get Ella Bean on Amazon. I know it's a great <laughs> question. I feel like you can get
1: almost anything yeah. on Amazon these days. But I
0: think I read a certain company. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, or or listeners, I could be wrong. But I think Nike recently said Ooh. they weren't going to distribute through Amazon. Ooh. But but anyways, the Amazonization. I just made that up Ooh. of of um, e-commerce of of, of retail. That's changed everything.
1: Oh, it's changed so much. And you know, personally, as it gets close to, we celebrate Christmas, as it got close to Christmas, needed some gifts. The only place I trust to get it to me on time when they say it's going to be there is Amazon. If I'm
0: live tweeting this, that is a (laughs) a brilliant nugget and great testimonial for Amazon. And I agree with you 100%. And
1: that's, you know, that... They've done a really nice job of creating a following this, that trusts them. This
0: is a true freaking story. Mm. I usually get, I, I, and I did this year a lot from Amazon for Christmas. In years past, my brother, who lives in Florida, my sister in New York, I would usually get like a gift um, basket, you know, cookies, chocolates. This year, I went. I'm not going to name the company. A small, cool company in the Boston area because it was novel, it was different, it was unique, it was special. I I searched it out and I was really happy I got them this gift and I ordered it like two weeks before Mm -hmm. Christmas what do you know what do you think it did not arrive in time so it proves your point meaning but whereas Amazon you get you know overnight delivery in the future very soon we're going to have drones
1: right. absolutely <laughs> and, and, it's disrupted a whole lot yeah. right? well because okay. here I
0: am complaining I'm not going to name them because I know it's a good company but yeah. I'm saying it has disrupted because the expectations have risen to a point right. we expect it the next day we expect it on time we expect it to be you know the cheapest the best the quickest they used to say pick two cheap good fast mm-hmm. yeah do you know that yeah. you, you can only right. have two now you can pretty much you get can. all three exactly
1: so I think they've done a really good yeah. job they're gonna own the world but yeah
0: do you know um because I work out of my home office here and and I have a great window view which you're looking at right I mean, now I have never in the last few years maybe it's just because I'm working at home but they're they're a constant barrage or stampede whatever the right word is um, um, cavalcade I'm trying to think of the right words with of trucks oh, yeah. delivery trucks it's like one every five minutes. Right. And yeah. I imagine most of them are Amazon.
1: Right. That's exactly true. You know, yeah. that
0: is a disruptive uh, business model. How, so generally speaking, how have expectations changed in marketing? You've been in the business 20 or so years. I've been in the business 30 or so years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What have we seen for changes in terms of expectations because of technology?
1: Well, you know what's interesting to me? is you used to need deep pockets. You used to need a lot of money. So you might want to throw it at advertising or um, serious, uh, you know, campaigns, and they would involve mailings and people and, you know, some technology. Now I feel like that's changed so much with the advent of social media, email marketing. social media. (laughs) uh, Websites, you know, and you know, I work with my clients a lot to do email marketing, You know, using, you know, some of the the major providers that work well with small business where you can track what happens with it too, which is fantastic. Um, But driving then your customer to your website to see, you know, your social media. So you put social media out there, you do email marketing, and the whole intent is to drive people to your website. But also through social media now, you have a cheap mechanism, really, it just takes your time um, of getting the word out there. Um, And what's interesting to me is I have a number of clients that come to me and say, I just, I need to post all the time on social media. And that's one of the things that I do like to have my clients step back a little bit and say, what I say to them is, don't feel like it's, you know, weighing on you all the time. Post consistently. Mm -hmm. That is one of the most important things you can do. If you can only post three times a week, do it Mm -hmm. and do it consistently. It's not bad. You know, everybody sort of feels like, oh, my gosh, I should be posting every hour. Well, no, you don't have to. Because they
0: see people like me posting every hour. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And, you know,
1: you just, you want to get the word out there. You want people to know that you're there, you're still there, you know, you're going to be there, and this is what you offer.
0: I think what you're saying is you. I mean, I agree. You don't have to have the deep pockets. Social media technology has enabled people. Look, it, we're doing a podcast here, and in 20 years ago, it, there was no such thing. I don't think it, which is akin to a radio show. So it, it's a big deal The the changes um, in technology have enabled anybody, time permitting, to, to do these things. Um, to respond to how many times to post. Yeah, the more the better, but some is better than none right. because it shows the lights are on. And I feel a lot of people will look to the website first and foremost, probably, probably, but, but also social media. Hey, do these guys have a presence? Hey, what are they like? Hey, what did they say? Can I follow them? Can I get to know them before I do business with them? Right. So yeah, businesses at least do something Um, And if you can do a little bit more than something, that's when you talk to to Sarah and me. And I guess if you can do an awful lot, you go to the agencies or you have your own in-house departments. But there's no excuse not to be doing some on your own and and some in tandem with with other outside resources because it's probably more affordable today than ever.
1: Oh, I think so, too. Absolutely. As
0: I said that, you know, in the 90s when I did direct mail, that was fairly expensive. Two, two clients, frankly, to hire me, and 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 it was a lot of work. It was weeks and weeks, sometimes months and months of work. Whereas I can get going on a social media campaign, you know, with like a few days' notice, if, if you know, maybe even instantaneously. I mean, I can set up a Twitter account in in an hour and and get tweeting for somebody very quickly. Back in the day, before the internet, before digital technology digital marketing it was yeah a lot more of an investment of time and money
1: exactly and i work a lot with my clients on really focusing an email campaign for example on the people you really want to reach and that the you can do that now you can look up people you can create your networks and get a group of people that really might be interested in your topic and i think you can see great value and you get the ability to measure it does it work do people open it? you know are they clicking through those are great statistics to know about
0: seth golden uh, has written many books one was called tribes and and this was like 10 years ago he said you know there's no it's, it's never been easier to build your own tribe, and that's thanks to the Internet and social media. Your tribe is your community. Um, David Mammon Scott has a book now called Fanocracy that's just a very similar um, theory. You know, uh, have a group of fans that, that follow you, that like you, that buy from you. Anybody can do it, uh, pending uh, or, or time and money permit, permitting. Um, one more question and maybe we can wind things down. Okay. I want to ask you about the future of uh, marketing. So look into the crystal ball and, and what do you see 10 years from now um, when we're both uh, smarter and wiser and, and richer and, and older? Um, what, what it's gonna, what's it going to look like?
1: You know, I'm going to go back to what we sort of started our conversation uh, on is relationships are still going to matter. I really think that that's tremendously important and not to forget that in this age of technology, you can focus solely on social media, website, you know, any sort of digital technology. But I really think establishing relationships is going to continue to be really important that referral network where we you know, refer business to each other yep. is going to continue to be tremendously important. And getting the word out there absolutely through technology will be different than it is today yes. and better, I'm sure. Uh, there'll be new platforms, there'll be new ways to do things, but I do think you come back to those fundamentals that you and I having a relationship is pretty important. That's where the rubber meets forward. the road.
0: That's where you get the most bang For your book, that's where you, you, obviously, in-person relationships, I I could never argue with with that unless something, I have no idea what the future holds in store. But personal relationships, I think, are always going to be key. And perhaps even more so because I don't think people are communicating like they used to. We're we're all spread thin. We're all relying on technology. So that that personal connection is going to be even more meaningful Um that said, I, the other day, someone in my class talked about, he thought, and I think it's brilliant. I said, you're the first one I've heard this from. Because I brought up Google glasses and I said, you know, we're going to be able to wear some kind of eyeglass that perhaps we'll be able to see and hear, you know, video and, and audio. And he said he thought there's going to be something like a contact lens mm-hmm. that provides that, you um, capability which is geez it's fascinating and scary at the same time exactly and, I think
1: there are movies about that okay maybe that's where he got Sci-fi, that idea exactly. and and I thought it, we
0: also talked about computer chips where yeah. you know we could uh, yeah the chips and it could be embedded in, in humans and and who knows where that could go. Um, big brother.
1: Exactly, AI. With hey, all artificial that. intelligence. Yep. yep. Exactly. Augmented
0: reality. Um, uh, but back to reality, Sarah. How can people reach you if they want to do business with you, friend you, meet you in person? What what contact information do you care to share with people? Oh,
1: absolutely. So you can always look me up on LinkedIn. My last name is sometimes hard for people. It's Ganand. As my husband's family, it's their their name, always says, it's like a gin and tonic without the tonic. Gin and. Now, we pronounce it with the hard G, but you can always find me on LinkedIn. (laughs) I love that. Uh, You can call me directly if you want to, email me. So my email address is sginand, S-G-I-N-A-N-D, at S-M-C-Boston.com. Uh, but you can you can get to me many, many different ways, and I'd be happy to chat with you.
0: including through through me, who lives right across the street from. Right from sarah gin and i never thought of that <laughs> yes. but it's gun right yes exactly. but spelled gin and i love that yeah. that's a good visual a good <laughs> um so so sarah gin um thank you so much for being a guest on barb cargill's marketing show and and folks thanks for listening uh we're up over 90 episodes i'm really happy about that around two years this podcast has been on and have lots of downloads lots of Followers, I'm very excited about that and, and very excited to have extraordinarily um, competent and articulate and, and, and personable. And what else can I say about Sarah Ganand that, that um, I, I just am trying to heap praise upon her for taking the time to talk to me and, and sharing her marketing wisdom with us. Thank you, Sarah. Thank, thank you, listeners. And we will see you again. We'll talk to you again soon. That's it. Pretty good. Oops. Yeah, it went perfect. So.